So if you have a Bible, I might like to turn to Philippians because we're in chapter 1 and I'll get there in a little bit. I love this story. You've heard it before. Johnny works at a grocery store. One day he went on a training event led by a speaker named Barbara Glantz. She was talking to 3,000 frontline workers for a supermarket chain, truck drivers, cashiers, stockiers. Barbara was speaking on how people can make a difference. She described how every interaction with another person is a chance to create a memory, to bless someone's life. She talked about how important it is to look for those moments. She placed on the walls, as she always does when she speaks, posters with inspiring sayings. She told some stories and then went home, but she left her phone number behind, and she invited people at the conference to give her a call if they wanted to talk more about something she said. About a month later, Barbara received a call from one of the people at the session, a 19-year-old bagger called Johnny. Bagger just means he stands at the end of the checkout and he puts your food in a bag. Johnny proudly informed her that he had Down syndrome, and he told her his story. Barbara, I liked what you talked about, but I didn't think I could do anything special for the customers. After all, I'm just a bagger. Then he had an idea. He decided that every night when he came home from work, he would find a thought for the day for his next shift. It would be something positive, something, a, a reminder of how good it was to be alive, or how much people matter, or how many gifts we are surrounded by. If he could find one, he would make one up. Every night, his dad would help him enter the saying six times on page on the computer, and then Johnny would print 50 pages. He would take out a pair of scissors and carefully cut out 300 copies and sign every one. Johnny put the stack of pages next to him while he worked. Each time he finished bagging someone's groceries, he would put his saying on top of the last bag. Then he would stop what he was doing, look the person straight in the eye and say, I've put a great saying in your bag. I hope it helps you to have a good day. Thanks for coming here. A month later, the store manager called Barbara. Barbara, you won't believe what's happening here. I was making my rounds, and when I got to the cashiers, the line at Johnny's checkout was three times longer than anyone else's. It went all the way down the frozen food aisle. The manager got on the loudspeaker to get more checkout lines opened, but he couldn't get any of the customers to move. They said, that's okay, we'll wait. We want to be in Johnny's line. One woman came up to him, grabbed his hand, saying, I used to shop in your store once a week. Now I come in every time I go by. I want to get Johnny's thought for the day. Johnny is doing more than filling bags with groceries. He's filling lives with hope. There is a reason that Johnny's lines are three times longer than anyone else's. Our souls need to be fed just as our bodies do. When you live out God's bigger and better story, you live words that can feed a soul. You might think Johnny had nothing to offer because of his particular limitations. In fact, it was precisely because of his limitations that made his gift into such a powerful blessing. There is great beauty in a person forgetting their own limitations, whatever they may be, and seeking to be a blessing to someone else. In God's bigger and better story, God is able to take our particular limitations and use them to bless others with his story of love. 
You want to know who the most important person in the story is? It's Johnny the bagger. A few months later, the manager called Barbara again to tell her Johnny was transforming the whole store. He told her that the floral department, if they had a broken flower or an unused corsage, they used to throw it away. But now they go down out into the aisles, find an elderly woman or a little girl, and pin it on her. The butchers started putting ribbons on their cuts of meat when they wrapped them for their customers. The people making the shopping carts are trying to make carts with wheels that actually work. <laughs> Johnny is a bagger in a grocery store expressing his heart. Is it possible that when we live in God's bigger and better story, when we begin to express our heart, God can use the very person we are to bless and transform others with his immense love? Is it? Maybe Paul writes it this way. Philippians chapter 1, beginning to read at verse 12. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Paul is not in a place where he would want to be or where he would choose to be. The circumstances of Paul's life at this moment are not what he dreamt about when he came to follow Christ. If you were to ask Paul about how he would like his life to be, he would not tell you he would like it to be where he is when he writes these words. But there is a deep and profound truth that Paul recognized. The particular place that he is in prison in chains, is precisely what makes his particular limitations such a powerful blessing. Because he lives in God's bigger and better story, he is able to recognize that God is able to transform the particular limitations of his circumstances into God's great blessing. Mostly, I complain about my particular limitations, be they physical, intellectual, or circumstantial. Mostly, I want God to make it all better and to change my particular limitations. Mostly, I ask God to make my life the way I would like it to be. And mostly, I miss the deep and profound truth that in God's bigger and better story, it is precisely my particular limitations that God can use to pour out his blessing on my life and the lives of those around me. I'm wondering how you mostly live. But there's more. Verse 15. It is true that some people... Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? 
The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is priest. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will be in no way ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But Oh, sorry, I got excited and lost my place. (laughs) But it is more necessary that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue to be with you all for your progress and joy in the faith so that through my being with you again and boasting in Christ Jesus, you will abound on account of me. Paul makes an extraordinary statement. For to me to live is Christ... And to die is gain. For to me to live is Christ. I actually find that very hard to say. I find myself far more tempted to say something like this. For to me to live is a secure job. Thank you very much. Or maybe something more like this. For to me to live is a lovely house, maybe two. Or something like this. For me to live is to be healthy. For me to live is to be married to the perfect partner. For to me to live is having a retirement I can afford. For to me to live is to be able to plan and do all the things I want to. For to me to live is quietly minding my own business. For to me to live is to be financially secure. For to me to live is having the world the way it most suits me. Paul says, for me to live is Christ. What do you say? For to me to live is Christ, is to be like those first disciples invited by Jesus into God's bigger and better story. For me to live is Christ, is to do what they did, and plunge myself into that story and follow Jesus himself. When one day Jesus heals a man with leprosy, he does what no one else will do. When Jesus reaches out to touch a man with leprosy, he gives him a new and a fresh start, welcome him into that bigger and better story. Jesus, in that act, says what he wants to say to me. For to me to live is Christ, the touch of God, and a new and a fresh start. 
When one day Jesus tells a paralyzed man to pick up his mat and go home, Jesus does what no one else can do. In those words, Jesus does what he wants to do for me. For to me to live is Christ, to be set free from those things that would hold me, bind me, and dominate my life. When Jesus one day tells a prostitute her sins are forgiven, he says what no one else can say. In those words, Jesus says what he wants to say to me. For to me to live is Christ, whatever the circumstances of my life, and however much I think I might mess it up, I am never beyond the reach of his love. Never. When one day Jesus stands in, a, in the middle of a boat in the middle of a storm and calms the wind and the wave, he shows that the storm is no threat to him. And in that act, Jesus demonstrates what he wants to show me. That for me to live is Christ and that he is far more powerful than the things that threaten me. When one day Jesus feeds a crowd on a hillside and welcomes everyone no matter who they are, in that act, he shows what he wants to show me. That for me to live is Christ, and that what he has is enough for me. When one day, Jesus, nailed to a cross, says to a criminal, today, you will be with me in paradise, Jesus says what he wants to say to me. Ian, it is never too late to come to me. For to me to live is Christ. In this moment, right here, right now, with whatever is on my heart and in my mind. For to me to live is Christ. And he is closer than I could possibly imagine. For to me to live is Christ, which is better by far. What do you say? For to me, to live is Christ. I have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms in Christ. Now, it means in part that everything I have, everything is a gracious, loving, generous gift from a gracious, loving, and generous God. Everything I have is because God is endlessly good, uncontrollably generous, and irrationally loving, and he just loves to give. And he does that most magnificently in and through the particular limitations of my circumstances, my abilities, and my character, and transforms them into a blessing for others. For to me, to live is Christ. 
I have been blessed in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. It also means that I have been chosen by God, that I am loved, precious, special, and honored in his sight. It means that the moment my heart turns towards him, I set off a magnificent party in heaven, and he could pour out his blessing on my life. It means that I am a child of the living God. We are part of the same family. And although I might hide it very well, I have some of his characteristics. It means I am forgiven, never having to face the fear of any condemnation. It means he loves me Because he loves me, because he loves me, because he loves me, because he loves me. And that means there is absolutely nothing I can do to make him love me more. Still working on that one. It means there is absolutely nothing I can do to make him love me less. Still challenged by that one. It means I cannot be loved more than I am right now in these moments, however much of a mess I might actually be making of this passage in Philippians. It means that God, love this, has lavished his love upon me. It means I live in his grace. I will be loved by God even in the moments I least deserve it. I will be. It means I live in his mercy. I will not be ever treated as I really deserve to be. For to me, to live is Christ. It means that God is above me, God is beneath me, God is to my left, God is to my right, God is behind me, God is before me, God is within me, and God is all around me. Always. For to me, to live is Christ. For to me, to live is to be invited to participate in his far bigger and better story, and a far bigger and a better story than the one I can see in front of me. For to me, to live is Christ. And it makes me want to sing. And maybe he might make you want to sing. You stood before creation, eternity in your spoke the earth into motion my soul now to stand you stood before my failure and carried the cross for my shame 
my sin upon your shoulders, my soul now to stand. So what can I say? I'll 
Father, we ask this morning you'd hear the cry of our hearts. Amen.